This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. On today's episode, we have Liesl Jones, aka Chicken. Uh, We've been mates for yonks, but aside from that, this girl is a four-time Olympian, actually qualified for the Olympics at the age of 14. She's won nine Olympic medals. She's pretty incredible. Let's call a spade a spade. Uh, She's super open, super vulnerable, been through many highs, many lows. And trigger warning here, we do talk about suicide, depression and extreme dieting. I can't speak highly enough of chicken. Uh, it, she really moved me. That's probably the, the best way to sum up this whole podcast in a word or in a couple of words. She moved me and she's a very courageous human being and I really hope that you enjoy this episode with Liesl Jones. Okay. <laughs> We're already laughing. This is like bucket list moment because when this podcast existed, I was like, I've got to get chicken on. Yeah. Who is chicken? <laughs> My name is Liesl Jones. Yeah. I'm a four-time Olympian, nine-time nine Olympic ma- medalist. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let's talk about some of that stuff because that's what uh, – Australia knows you as the golden girl, lethal Liesl, I heard a commentator say. So last night, Dad and I were watching all these old YouTube, not old, but YouTube clips from like, would it be the 2000 qualifiers? Probably. I would have been, been 14. 14. Baby. And you'd paint your nails. Yeah. For like- well, I had to distract myself somehow because I was only 14. So I was super nervous and everyone's watching at home. So oh I had to distract my- myself. And like... I so I, I can't believe I'm about to admit this to you. I was watching that video and I started crying because oh. I was like, someone put so much of their like life into, and also I am invested in you. You and I have known each other for quite a while now, and we've got some pretty fun memories. We've so got we so to- many good memories, <laughs> and that's the problem. I think when we catch up, there's just too much going on for us to even oh, get. We've one. been <laughs> gossiping for like the last half an hour, and I, and we're like, let's put the mics on because, and I'm like, oh my god, this thing. We'll save it for the potty. So I hope you guys get to enjoy this and get to hear uh, someone that we, there's such a true friendship here that's years old. Many, many years. And I I think we will have to apologise now because we will talk over each other. (laughs) So I do apologise if I cut Lola off and I'm sure Lola, yeah, it's just, it will be a very fast paced conversation. So you will have to keep up, but we will not respect each other's end of sentences. (laughs) We're also both Virgos. Very much so. And Fully in Virgo. Yeah, are you, are all your signs all Virgo, Virgo, Virgo. You I'm pretty like, sure. I haven't had my chart read, but yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I'm full Virgo and my boyfriend, Matt, is full Virgo. Full Virgo. But I've got one 
one part of my sign is in Scorpio and I'm like, oh, that makes such a oh, fire. That makes a lot of sense <laughs> to me, absolutely. So, the fierce uh, side of all <laughs> I like it. But it would be interesting to see what what my, is it Venus rising? Yeah, so it's, it's got to be when you're born. Um, so they do like every planet but mm. also like your moon rising, sun rising. So your sun rising is Virgo. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then there's, hey, anyway, there's so much. We'll find a good, we could we'll go find down. a good astrologer. <laughs> Feel free to write in. Yes, us. if you would like to contact us, I would like my chart read, please, <laughs> so I can actually see what's going on. But funny enough, this is a total rabbit hole. We started off at Sydney 2000, now we're in astrology, which we both <laughs> love. But just watching, I've really obsessed with YouTube tarot readings. Oh, really? Lately. I've Send just, me some clips. I will. There's been a, a Virgo season, well, it's Libra season as we're recording in October now, yes. isn't it, October? Yeah. It is Libra season, but for us Virgos, it is very good. Is it? Very, very good. We're really in alignment right now. Um, we're very go-getters, achieving our dreams, yes. which you're doing. So are you. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, we're. I think that's one thing about being a Virgo, and I think that that's one thing that I've loved about you. Even though people would see it as negative, we are quite self-critical in a, but in a quite a productive way. Oh, I think mine's not very productive. You don't think so? <laughs> I think confidence is a big thing, and probably outwardly, I look very confident, but I don't feel very confident sometimes. So, and let's talk about that. Mm. So. Um, First of all, on the confidence thing, I think the thing with you is you're honest and you're mm. very real and you're very what you see is what you get. No bullshit here. Yeah. Which I love. Yes, because uh, you're the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are very, very Brutal. similar. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. uh, but tell me about the confidence. Is that something we would say that you're in now or would you say that's something that stemmed from childhood? Younger? Yeah, I think I've always had that. I think that's a thing where I've always – so we work with um, – some emerging athletes so who are looking at Olympics next year and the story that I always tell is that I used to sit in the marshalling area and would look at my competitors and so one girl that I used to compete against Amanda Beard if you ever get the chance google her she was a playboy model she was the she was the most amazing person she had big presence if if Amanda Beard walked in the room you knew about it it was Big energy, big, and she was American and she was brash and she had the big, you know, American um, smile that they yeah. have and and it took me a really long time to get over my fear of her. She would walk into the marshalling area and I thought, that's it, I'm done here, you know, oh, wow. she's already won it. And so but I never, I don't know that throughout my entire career I ever found that confidence that was genuine, that I believed that I was capable and I wasn't just a kid from Queensland that grew up on a property and had horses and dogs and things like that, was capable of winning gold. So it's really funny how you can be just that little kid inside but the funny thing is what I worked out after a very long time and after I was retired, everyone has their own issues. Oh, Everyone's going through the same stuff. Whether it's issues with parents, you know, mm. relationships with your parents or um, things going on at home or boyfriends yeah. or or confidence issues or self-esteem or whatever it is, everyone's the same. Totally. And I think you and I have always shared that about, about our 
stuff together. It's, I guess when we will be like, fuck, I'm having a really shit time about this. And you're like, I totally understand. Yeah. And you helped me through a lot of things in, in my life and my career as well. Um, so to your career and to the confidence thing, and that's why I'm so glad you brought up confidence because I watched an interview with you last night and it would have been London Olympics. So you would have been 27, would you have been then? Yes. Yeah, retired when I was 27, yeah. Which is when the fat shaming happened. Mm. And I watched this interview and you were like, yeah, I'm not on a holiday, guys. Like you were so, you spoke to media and they were like, how do you feel about this article? Which they plastered fat shaming, acting like that you were on a holiday, you weren't taught and trim enough to be an Olympian basically and um, ripped you to shreds and you and these mics are just at you and you're also there to compete for your country and the way that you as a 27-year-old, you were like, guys, you have to work so bloody hard to be on this team. I've taken no shortcuts. You've been, you were really, to me, you came across is so confident and like slaying this bullshit <laughs> that was going on. But it's interesting that you came across that way. You may not have been feeling that way though. Probably at that point might have been the time that I really did feel strongly about what I was feeling. Mm. And at the first instance when I found out about it, which was via my roommate, Mel Schlanger, who Mel right now, she's married, um, she told me about it. So I wasn't on Twitter at the time, but I heard about it. And so having to face this was a moment where I thought, I'm going to have to muster every bit of courage that I have just to walk out on pool deck. And I have since seen photos of that time. And I was carrying my gear bag, which is my fins and kickboard and all those sorts of things in front of my stomach because I was so self-conscious about it. And I could hear cameras clicking. I could hear them in the stands. I could hear everyone talking and whispering. And I just, yeah, it was just the most excruciating time. So I found all the courage to get that together and I was very vocal about it because it struck something in me that I was really passionate about for other people. Yeah. So I think there has been times in your life, in my life, Mm -hmm. and so many women and some men across the world that they have been attacked for what they look like or um, I don't know, maybe that they're not up to the standard of competition. And I just felt so strongly on behalf of those people. I thought this is wrong. How dare you? And it came from a male journalist, someone yeah. who had never worked in swimming. Yeah, not a sports journalist, not a, right? Well, a sports journalist, but rugby league, yeah. not swimming. We had so many great journalists that I trusted and loved, Nicole Jeffries, uh, Wayne Smith. We had really great journalists and it wasn't them. It yeah. was someone else that came in and permeated that that trust that you worked so hard for. I had been on the Australian team for 12 years at this point. I had built so many great relationships Mm. and someone came in from left of centre and damaged all of that. So with really hurtful comments, that felt really personal at the time. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. What Can I ask just to backtrack, when your mate told you, Mel, Mm. was Mm. like, this has happened, what did she say? She said it in the nicest possible way. She's another Virgo. She's her birthday is the day after mine. And she said, look, there's there's something out there. You need to know about it. It is going to affect you. But just so you know, 99% of people are supporting you and backing you. I thought, this is bad. What has happened? Oh, yeah, I got goosebumps. Huge. It was really big. And I just remember because she was on her phone quite a lot that morning and I don't I didn't know what she was doing. I just thought she was awake and not sleeping very well. And so when she said that to me, my heart just sank and I thought, what has happened? 
I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what's going on. So she said it in the nicest possible mm. way, but brutal information to share with a friend who's your teammate and confidant and friend on the team. And she had to share that with me. So that was, I'm assuming, very hard for her to give. Also, can I just say, I've seen these photos. Mm. They're not bad photos. Like they're getting you like bent over in the yeah. most unflat, like they're, they're act, you're, you to me, you look very fit. Yeah. You look like a fit athlete to well, me. Well, let's be honest, I was not my fittest. I'm yeah, going to be. Yeah, we all go, that's human, that's, right. that's human nature. We go through changes. Yeah. But what the big thing was 12 months earlier, I was put on antidepressants. Yes. So I was dealing with the fact that I had not only survived thinking about you know, trigger warning here, but taking my own life yeah. and was in this place of if I don't have swimming, who am I? So a big identity crisis. Totally. Big. Um, it broke my foundation, basically, this identity stuff. So I'm going through really big issues 12 months earlier. But also antidepressants make you put weight on. I that don't is know why. That is effect. Why does that happen? Was, was it an SSRI, like selective serotonin? You might oh, not even know. remember what it was, yeah. but usually the side effect is weight gain. Mm. And also when you're down, so when mm. you're feeling down, you the body craves carbohydrate to and jack sugar. up serotonin. Yes, yeah, to make you, yeah, to make you feel good. So sort of dumping those feel-good hormones in your but brain. But it's so common to go yeah. on antidepressants, put weight on. They are literally a hand in hand. That's thing. right. And so I was definitely affected by that. And so I was just proud that I was there to start with. Absolutely. I had worked my ass off to get there. I was definitely not on a holiday and I had earned my spot on the team. I, You have to make it under a certain time. You have to be first or second in Australia. So I had earned my spot on the team. I won sixth in my, fifth or sixth in my event. I can't remember what it was. And was on the medley relay team, which won silver. So, you know, it's I gained so much strength from that time because I realised I worked so hard just to just to even be on pool deck was a big thing for me, and I still won silver in in my pet event, my favourite event, which is the medley relay. So. Yeah, it's I take a lot of strength and courage because I had to dig deep. That was soul searching oh, stuff. Big, big time. Yeah. And and I have never and I hope I'd No, actually I take that back. I don't hope that I never go through that again because I think I learned so much more about myself during that time than I ever would have had the opportunity to had it not happened. And also Whoopi Goldberg defended me oh on the Oh, my God, view. I know. Like, I was like, that, I mean, you know you made it when you Whoopi know. Goldberg is as, That's what right. did she say? Uh, she just said something. So the newspaper article yeah. came up, which I thought was really bizarre for American TV. So they had picked up on that and just saying how dare you criticise someone for the way that they look. It's about the job that they do mm. and things like that, which were all true. But really quick snippet, I thought, you know you've made it when Whoopi Goldberg oh defends you. Oh, my God, I thought, yes, time. that's really cool. So, But also it's a, it's a male's opinion as well. There And I, I saw an interview where they got someone to speak, like another athlete to speak about you and and they someone drew a comparison to Ian Thorpe and said no one said anything when Ian Thorpe was a little bit like out of shape one year. No one said a word. And Ian and Thorpe is not your atypical, he doesn't look like Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps yeah. is shredded. Yeah. He never looked like that. He was a bigger man, big muscles, yeah. strong. More swole, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And fast. Doesn't matter. Do we compare <laughs> Michael Phelps to Ian Thorpe? No. Yeah, Michael Phelps is an incredible athlete and he's shredded, but 
they're both incredible athletes. What does it matter? And it also makes me think like health is just out the like and, and healthy messaging and all that. It's just out the window. I I wanted like I know mm. like fat shaming is it sucks. It's happened to me. Um happened to me recently. Yeah. I was saying to you, and like someone had DM'd a photo of me to a friend saying, Yeah, she looks like she's put weight on but accidentally sent oh. it to me and saying where I'd put the weight on in my body and all that crap. And I wrote back going, um, this isn't meant for me, but it is about me you're talking about. And then they said, no, no, it's someone else. And I said, well, even worse. Yeah. If you're and about someone did, else. When, you, when you say things like that, the, the first thing that comes to mind is judgment. I think there's just so much judgment out there at the moment. And I feel really sorry for those people because they must be judging themselves so much. They must self-loathe. Oh, right? you must hate yourself so much yeah. to project your judgment onto other people. Totally. And look, I've been in therapy a lot too. Same. You, yeah, we're very we're pro very pro-therapy. So that is a very therapy thing to say. And I'm studying I psychology. Saw, but I saw you say this on when you were co-hosting Studio 10. Yes. And you were like, I you said you were so clear about having a therapist, mm. also having a sports therapist. Like you were very – and I think you said, oh, I was on a call two days ago with yeah. a therapist. Like you were – and I was like, oh, my God, so many people see having a therapist as there's something must be wrong, wrong with, with you. you. You must be a bit fucked up or whatever. You know what? Yeah, I am. I'm well, mentally everywhere. We're all, we're all a bloody mess. I think anyone that has a career in media, though, or the limelight, you've got to have a little something, something to, going on to yeah. want <laughs> to want to be in that, and that position attention. and to be into the yeah. public eye. And and we've spoken about this so many times, and I've heard it on your podcast for because I've listened to You're all your amazing. episodes. Of course, I'm <laughs> your biggest fan. But talking about just ego and fake people. There's just oh my so god, you and I have had so and many. you call them dingoes, yeah. which I love. Uh, but yeah, it's just well, I mean, no judgment against dingoes because I do love them. Me but too. but yes. the actual dingoes of people, and there's just so many fake people out there, and it's really hard to weed through that. And it's, you and I would go to events together in Sydney and be like, let's just get each other through <laughs> this event. Please just hold my hand and let's, oh, let's we'd leave together. I'd whip oh. my heels. Remember, I can't walk in heels. Still can't. <laughs> I'd I've got a broken foot off. at the moment, so uh, yeah. But anyway, so going back to judgment, it's when people project that onto other people. I just think you must be such a hurt human uh, being yeah, totally. because what uh, I sort of think when if I watch something on TV, say for example, yeah. and someone might have chosen to maybe be in a TV show. Yeah. A lot of people say, well, oh, my God, they must be broke or they must be so desperate to do that or they must be doing this or they must be doing that. Why do you care? Yeah, why does it matter? Why are you judging them? Yeah, because there's you, something you don't like. Are you yourself. jealous? Yeah. Are you jealous of yeah. what they're doing? Are you? Do you feel insignificant? Do they trigger something in yeah. you? What is it about what they're doing that yeah. bothers you so much? So when someone else does something and I find myself sitting there going, oh, oh um, I don't know, I don't even know what an example is, but someone does a TV show or is in the paper doing this or that or saying this or that and you think, oh, you know, this, oh, I can't believe they would say that. Oh, you know, then I look at myself and go, yeah, you Where just, you re- yeah. what's going on yeah. for you? And most of the time it's jealousy. Yeah. It's a big one. I just think, yeah, you know what, I would have loved that. I would have loved that contract or I would have loved to be on that TV show or I would have loved to have done that. So most of the time I've got to check myself. But how good that that's how you, that you can see that and mm. feel that and see that within yourself. Mm. Like that takes introspection. Is that the word? 
I think so. Yeah. Being able to go, oh, actually. What's in it for, yeah. One last thing on the fat shaming, only because I have had it so recently. Mm. Have you had it since that stage in London? Like have you had any times where you're like, why the did someone just comment on my outfit or like I've been told I'm too fat to wear yellow. Um. I find probably not so openly like that on Instagram. Uh, probably more my own self-judgment more than anything. Yeah. But, but I have my self-judgment too. Yeah. I do, this is going to sound really strange but when you talk about diet culture, I don't know what it is but it triggers things in people. Mm-hmm. And when I have said openly I would like to lose weight, I, I would like to sit at 75 kilos. That's where I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel lean. I feel strong. It's really funny how that triggers something in people because they all say, oh, well, it's all about loving yourself exactly how you are. But the weird thing is I have health issues. I have PCOS. So I want my fertility mm-hmm. to be good and to be firing on all cylinders if I do want to start a family. So there's a lot of other reasons why. I think people see the external thing and say, well, uh, it's not a number on scale. It isn't, and I completely agree with that. But it's about feeling good in yourself. Totally. And I don't necessarily feel good in myself. And and the other thing I would say on that is, like, you fucking do you. That's exactly what right. What makes you feel good. I know what I feel good at as well. And people look at me and go, oh, no, but you look you look great. And I'm like, thanks. But I don't I, feel it. It's about what, and, and I've learned that because do you know what I learned when bringing out a weight loss book? I'm always going to, so I wrote a diet book years ago and that gives people, they feel like they can comment on my weight all the time. And I figured out really quick, you're either too fat for someone or too skinny for someone else. Always at any weight, at any size you are. And when you realize F that, I'm mm-hmm. doing it for me. And and I just said to you before we started this podcast, my therapist just last week said, Lola, please never weigh yourself ever again. Mm. He's like, you are a fit girl. You train hard. Muscle weighs more than fat. Stop looking mm. at the numbers. Mm. And that was super it's hard empowering. to do. It's so hard to do. So oh. also for you, though, with the triggering thing, I've read your book, which I frigging love, People Get Around. This book is, it's a couple of years old now, but I It is a couple of years. You'd still be able to find it on Booktopia. Yes. It's It's called Body Length. It's iconic. I put it on my Insta yesterday and I'll do it again today. But it's so incredible. And and me being a a dieting junkie, Mm. I went straight to the, Mm. what's the chapter called? Starving to Swim? It's the dieting chapter. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that you'd have to weigh in certain times of the week mm. and they would weigh like if you put 200 grams on. Well, this is while you're training, yeah. correct? So this was at a time when we were training at altitude. So what happens at altitude is the body has to work 10 times as hard to do half the amount of work. So you might just have a really easy session, just maybe a float, and it will take. It will be so hard you can't breathe. What's a float? Uh, so just where you hop in the water and you don't do much. Oh, so, I like yes. That <laughs> so that's a uh, float. Uh, there's also a thing called porridge, which is filler uh, in a session that you know the coach has put in, and it's just porridge. It's just to make up numbers. So there's lots of terminology, but a float like just means you go to the pool and you just float. Chill. You don't do much, but it's really hard at altitude. Okay. And so most of the time, anyone who's done altitude training knows your weight just drops off because you are breathing, you are sucking yeah. in. In oxygen and you're breathing out so much carbon dioxide, you just can't keep weight on. Okay. And for me, when I was at uh, 
um, Sierra Nevada in Spain, I was this is the peak of my depression mm-hmm. and anxiety, identity crisis, foundation crisis. How old would you have been there? This was just before 2012. So I probably would have been about 25, 26 yeah. maybe. And so going through really heavy stuff, my weight did not budge. It didn't budge. So we were doing weigh-ins every morning, girls that were similar age to me, similar physique to me, dropping kilos left, right and centre, just every day kilos would drop off and for me, nothing. It just didn't budge. So my body was working so hard and because that mind-body connection is so huge, that emotional connection is so strong, my body just held onto everything. It just said, I am protecting you here. I am not going to let you lose any of this. You're going for trauma pretty much. Trauma, yeah. My body and my mind was just playing tricks on me. and But it sounds like the way that you were treated was pretty shit. Like I read about the like... 6120. Mm. Can you explain that? So that was the letters of the upper. That didn't happen to me directly, but it did. Ha- I did hear these sort of words around, uh, not from the coaches that I work yes. with, but coaches yeah. externally. So they were the sort of words that were thrown around about other athletes and I, it stood for letters of the alphabet. So 6 is F, A is 1 is A, T is 20. So fat. And this is the sort of words that you were hearing. It's getting much better in sport. Yeah. It's still so slow. It's, there's still, and this is damaging stuff. This is, this is big trauma to young adults that are growing up in sport. So we've got to be really careful about the way we speak to our athletes. And I was talking to one of my best friend's husbands and he's a swimming coach at the moment. And I was just so incredibly proud of the words that he used and it was something that completely different. Mm. But he reacted to a situation to hearing about a swimmer's news that um, she was going elsewhere and he said, I held on to that that I felt I didn't I didn't handle that properly. So I came back and apologised. So he's oh, wow. a 40-year-old man wow. apologising to a young girl saying, I'm so sorry, I didn't handle that very well. Wow. And I said, and, you know, it is wow. Yeah. That takes heart to courage. say courage yeah. to say, you know what, I fucked up there and yeah. I really didn't handle that properly and I'm so sorry. Huge. That's that's pretty is much that huge. gives you hope though, doesn't it, does. it? There's some good there's some really good yeah. eggs out there really helping people and helping young athletes. And I thought that is so big of you to to reflect on that situation to go, I haven't reacted properly. I'm so sorry. Huge. Amazing. That, and we need more good eggs like that. And I think we need that not just in the sports industry but in every industry as well. Everywhere. Like, I'm sure I remember you and I have shared stories but we've been in meetings before where we've been told about, oh, I've been told definitely about my weight or to change a look or to not wear a colour or to, you know. Yeah. And it's not okay at all in any. <laughs> any situation, yeah. I, I also read in the, that part of, of your book like, to, uh, there was when you were dieting, and this is where I can see why like numbers and dieting can be triggering, triggering, mm. especially for someone that's had to do it at such a young age. So it's kind of like ingrained yes. in your psyche. Mm. But like eating a whole protein bar was too many calories. You so just half. half. Yeah, Are you serious. <laughs> yeah. I eat like two protein bars a day <laughs> if I'm like on the road. Yeah. So and we had just finished three hours of training, so two oh hours of God. swimming, an hour in the gym. So pretty exhausted, but very much reduced to one or half, sorry, half a protein bar, which were, they were probably high calorie, but it was just half. So try self-control of half a protein bar. So it, yeah, it was, it was, there's just so much control around food and what you eat. And I've, I've seen so many quotes that people say athletes, 
athletes train and athletes train and refuel or something. They don't diet and exercise. I yeah. don't know that. I, yeah, you know I think an way. athlete's diet diet wow. is is very, it's incredibly strict because you have a goal that you need to achieve and you need to be as lean as possible. So, but it does bring up a bit of if you're a controlling person or you want to control the situation. But also the brain needs so many calories to function properly. And carbs. <laughs> and swimming uses the most amount of energy, does it not, as and one of the... Supposedly, yeah, uh, uh, because it's so cardiovascular and yeah. it's so long, it's two hours of cardiovascular. So it's about it's more than sitting on a bike for yeah. two hours straight. Totally. So ten, you need... Ten times a week. Yeah. <laughs> you need at like don't you, wasn't training like four in the morning sometimes yeah. four twenty five we had to be there at four twenty five because if you weren't five minutes early, early you, you were, were late. late yeah that's why you're so punctual you've never been late ever to one of our dates no usually usually not if something's happened that's why I'm late yes, but usually yeah. I'm ten fifty awkwardly ten fifteen minutes early oh I'm an early bed too <laughs> I got here quite early today and I was like vlogging I'm about to go upstairs to chicken's room <laughs> I'm I think that's also very go like double ingrains that in into you. Do you know how much panic I get if I am running late or if I'm on time? Yeah. Panic. I will text the person, I'm sorry, I'm running a couple of minutes late. I am outside just getting a car park, updating because it just oh, yeah. so much anxiety. No, but that's it's <laughs> such a good at acting school, they mm. say pretend the class starts 10 minutes earlier than what it says. That's right. Love I it. like it. It's it's a form of respect too. Also, you've intrigued me with the acting school because I have thought that I would like to do improv. Oh, oh far out. Improv's harder, man. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah, but acting school I just think is so interesting. Oh, I think... I've thought about singing lessons too. My nana was a good singer. Really? Yeah, she was an opera singer. Yeah, she caught had... a song with Matt. Matt would be sitting there with his headphones. So this is Matt Lola's partner, <laughs> Matt Sofo. I would have to apologise in advance, get the auto-tune ready to go because I would have to work at it very hard. I think there's something to be said for uh, definitely for acting, though, as far as just personal development. We speak on television and in media and it's just great, um, great skill. Yeah, voice course and for... I mean, you already speak so beautifully. But on that topic, there is a great there's a great book, uh, and I think it's called Voice or something, and it goes on to say about how important the voice is because really? it's communication. Yeah. That is your voice in the world is so much bigger than you think it is, and I'm sure you'd oh, love that love. because you work on it. But you should never criticise someone's singing voice. That's I what love. the book said because that is their fr- their. Uh, what was the word? Like a vehicle to go from their heart out their oh, mouth. So you should You need to do singing lessons then. Well, imagine that. Oh, I reckon <laughs> it'd be amazing. I reckon it'd be amazing. Yeah, but it's really fascinating. Voice is so important. Oh, my God. So important. And and everyone has a voice. Absolutely. Every, absolutely. Yeah, it's – and even if you don't vocally have a voice, you have a voice – inside of you ah so big stuff we're getting into I deep love it. I love it I'm actually glad that you're speaking about deep stuff because I did want to go a little bit deep with you which I, I know that you're comfortable you're an open yeah. book yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. open and it literally in the kind of like intro of your book you talk which I've got it here by the way <laughs> I've got a signed yes, copy of this book to my favorite chicken it says mm. by the way 
Um, My only chicken. Oh, we send each other chicken emojis <laughs> as well. The prologue, sorry. So in the prologue, can I share a little yeah, bit? Yeah, of course from, um, I just want to say, is it Sierra Nevada? Am I saying Sierra? Sierra Nevada. Thank yeah. you. See, Lola can't read peanuts. Sierra Nevada. Okay. I spent yesterday afternoon on the bathroom floor of my room at the Sierra Nevada High Performance Sports Centre planning to kill myself while the rest of the Aussie swimming team ate, talked, kicked a ball or watched TV, I thought about slitting my wrists and my legs. Then there's another bit, like literally paragraph down, and it's I'm going to do it. I'm so clear. I've saved up some sleeping tablets and I will take them all. A knife from the kitchen will do the rest. I'll slit my wrists, slash my legs, make sure I get the big veins. I've Googled how much it would cost to send a body bag back home from Spain. It's $15,000 or something like that. Pretty expensive. But I've checked that there will be enough money left for mum to pay for it. Mm. Far out. <laughs> First of all, yeah, you are so brave for even sharing that. Yeah. Big stuff. That's number one, the fact you've shared that, I don't know how many lives you've probably saved. Yeah, and I hope so because I want to take the stigma away that some people think like that. And that was a big poignant moment in my life. So this is what I'm talking about, identity crisis, mm. foundation crumbling. If I'm not if I don't swim, who am I as a person? I yep. had not done any work on me as a person outside of sport. I was always Lisa the swimmer and I always will be, but I'm okay with it now. Yeah. Because I thought if I'm not swimming, what do I – I have no qualifications. I have no work experience. I, I neglected my friends throughout my swimming career because I didn't have time to catch up with them or to do anything. I haven't finished school. So I thought if I don't have this, what do I do? And the problem was at the time I was – as telling people that I'm, I want to retire next year, everyone said to me, the first thing they ever said to me was, what are you going to do? Yeah, so pressure. It's so much pressure and it's really overwhelming. It's like when kids leave school. When you leave high school and everyone says to you, oh, what do you want to do? I want to study medicine. Oh, so you want to be a doctor. What Do you want to be a surgeon? Do you want to be a specialist? Mm. Do you want? It's so overwhelming. You can't process it mm. and so it's one step at a time. And I'm seven years retired now. It's 2019 and I still don't know what I want to do. So... It's Mate, acting school, singing <laughs> lessons. <laughs> I, I believe in you. Joanna Griggs was on Home and Away once and played a Swedish backpacker, so there is amazing. hope for me yet. And, yeah, so amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's the best. So I just love Joanna Griggs. She's one I of my like favourites. I feel like you and I could do a show together. Yes. Yeah. We, we brought it up once, didn't yeah. we, like a cooking exercising. Yeah, very creative. But big stuff, really big things. Yeah, and big. But I didn't, and when we were talking about writing this book with my publisher, I said to Xi'an, I said, there is one thing, if I do write a book, it is going to be warts and all. Yeah. I am going to talk about the big stuff. She said, that's perfect. That's exactly what we need. Because I think there's a lot of fairy floss stuff around with Absolutely. mental health. I think we throw a lot of yep. things out there, but when you really get down to the nitty gritty, some of that stuff does not look pretty. It's not nice. And a lot of these people are having these thoughts because they're in crisis and mm -hmm. they're they're really at the bottom of the barrel and it's not something to take lightly. So I'm all for medication. If you need to take medication, mm -hmm. completely okay. You just need to get onto it earlier. You need to be talking to people. I made that mistake. I didn't talk to anyone soon enough. 
Totally, but it was almost like an act of the universe kind of having your back where it was like, right, now's the time I'm going to do this. Do you want to share that that moment where you almost got bizarrely saved? I don't know if that's Oh, yes, and my coach walked in. Yes, absolutely. So I had gone, not missing, but I just went upstairs to my room and that's the other mistake that I was making was I was isolating myself and Mm. that's one of the big triggers for me if I am spiralling into a bit of a mental health thing as I start becoming a recluse. I become a bit hermit and retract from people and and I don't message people. And so I had started this spiral of just sitting in my room. And so my coach Rowan at the time walked in and just, I don't know who sent him. I don't know what happened, but he came and walked in at that exact moment. So I would hate to think if he walked in 10 minutes later or what would have happened, but he's just, I think my guardian angel. And I just have so much. Yeah. I just have so much love for Rowan and and not because he saved me at that moment but because of who he was as a person was just so genuine so much care so much love and just saw me as a person not an athlete. I think I saw an interview I reckon it would have been him I saw as an interview was he did he stick up for you to media? Always, yeah. always have my him, back. Him literally going, guys, like always. You're totally forgetting what she's done for this country. That's right, yeah. And, and it was really incredible to watch. And he is one of those good eggs, one of those mm. good coaches that sees through all the bullshit that we put out there, all the stories that we tell. He sees the real person behind, and he's willing to work on it. And he works individually with each athlete to find what motivates them, what mm. triggers them. And I think that's such a big person to not only look at what other people's triggers are but to actively work on them and not treat people as a whole, as a big group and think everything's going to work for the same. So he just spent so much time and energy on me that I could never repay him. So He was your guardian angel. He was and still is. Yeah, Ro's a great guy. So for people that are listening because mental health is probably arguably at its worst. Yeah, I would. Uh, Yep, I agree. And what would you say for people that are listening that are struggling on some level or have maybe had a thought like that or are like I'm lost? And because when you said like you isolate yourself, that's a natural reaction. Even if I'm having a bad day, it's I'm like so get me home, weird. get me Netflix and a block of chocolate, which sounds harmless and it totally is. But like if that it, that's self-care when you do it once. But yes. when it becomes like you're constantly isolating yourself, like what would you, if someone's like, Ah, I don't know what, you know. Like. Get help early. Yeah. Even if it's a counsellor, you don't have to go to a, a a psychologist. You don't have to go big. Just go to a counsellor. Just talk to someone. And that's where Lifeline and Beyond Blue and mm-hmm. all those things come in. Definitely. One thing I would say is get off social media. That's the big one. I start, when I start spiralling, I start getting on social media more. I start comparing. I start struggling more. It makes me worse. So I have to detach from social media. That's the big one for Mm -hmm. me. And because I get stuck in this comparison spiral Mm -hmm. where, oh, that person's so busy. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit lonely. But those people have got friends around them. But you don't realise that those people might be feeling lonely too. So, yeah, it's, I think... Oh, this is my, uh, this is, what's the word, prescription for me, yeah. get off social media, yeah. it's big. I think you are flooded with highlight reel, highlight reel, my life's amazing, your life is Half shit. It's, it's all fake. Mm. It's not real. No one's showing the videos of them crying on the bathroom floor, are they? Yeah. No one's showing that. No. So I've got to get off social media, then I've got to go talk to a therapist, whatever that looks like for you. I'm reading a book at the moment and he's an acting teacher and he said the homework for week one is no social media. And I was like, what? And Uh he's like, 
don't miss this is like if you need to use it for work and it's part of what you do, like get on there and do the work. Schedule your posts. Yeah. But don't look. Yeah. Mm. He said absolutely like that's the first thing. What was the idea behind that? So it's to connect with yourself. Yeah, right. So you're more connected, you're more present. Definitely you don't want to be comparing. Yes, yeah. But it's also to get clear. Mm. Like it makes us foggy and muddy in the mind. Yeah. um, I can feel when I do it too much and, and and I'll see, like I'll be sitting with my boyfriend, I'm like, fuck, we're just sitting on our phone. And we barely do it but I'll catch us pretty quick and I'll be like, phone's down. Yep. And we just That's like, it. both flip our phones down. Love it. And reconnect. Don't, don't even look at it and we go away down the coast talking, really bad reception. So right. we can barely, I mean, it kills me because I can't do email. <laughs> but just the email, like the work side of it and he's like, I love it. And we watch mm. like... Because we can't even do Netflix or anything like that. We'll watch a movie with and chat in the ads. Like, oh, you know, when you used to, like, I love that. Chat in the ads of Harry Potter last weekend. And I just, it, it, I think it's to create, you can connect back to yourself, you can connect to others. And the whole reason why this podcast exists is because social media celebrates yep. success. Absolutely. It doesn't celebrate failure. Failure. Yeah. Or when... You're just plodding away and you feel like you get kicked in the face. I had that two weeks ago. I didn't post anything about it. I got kicked in the face three times in a week for three big things that I really, really worked hard for and I so badly wanted to happen and they did not happen for me. I didn't post about it. I didn't show anyone. I didn't want anyone to know. And I was crying for a week straight. Was this like gigs that fell through? Yeah, just work things. And they really aligned with all of my values. Yeah, you know, helping other people, uh, mental health and well-being, working with athletes. It was it was the most perfect job for me, and I didn't get it. And there's been a few times where I've gone for a similar role and haven't got it. And my self-worth went through the floor. I just felt, you know, if I can't even get a job like that, what am I good enough to do? And what, what you know, am I going to have to work at Coles? Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I, yeah. this was big for me because totally. it aligned with all my values. So that was, that floored me that week. But also understandably. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. human to feel shit when you lose yeah. something. But also I didn't post about it. No, true. I did not put you that were, on Instagram yeah. where I was crying on the floor for a yeah. week straight that I didn't get a job that I thought I was going to do amazing things in. I even remember I get this the same thing. So last year I went for a really big audition and shot mm. a pilot yep. and, and the show didn't get greenlit but the other people I auditioned against all got gigs in television like a month later. Oh. And so I was like, oh, am I, am I the... Am I the the shit one? Am I and and I and my self talk was am I the fat one? Oh yeah. So like my negative self talk was maybe I'm I don't look enough like a model, and mm. that's maybe why I didn't get it. And I and like that's where I went. And I I just think you don't talk about the failure enough, and it's actually it's actually the. It's like the meaty shit that actually mm. makes you who you are and it makes and yes you were so upset and you were on the floor but it's making space for something mm. better and it's you don't know when you're in it though that trust is so hard that's so hard to trust that something is coming when you oh. are rock bottom financially as well and self-worth and what's on the horizon that's when you have to dig deep and find Something. Can I ask a question? Because you've hit the nail on the head with the financial thing. Mm. Do you sometimes feel like you are merely a dollar sign to someone that you could potentially work with? 
Like if you get a work gig comes up and they're like, you know, they're like, oh, are they working with me because of my values or are they working with me because I can get them X amount? Sometimes mm. I feel like I'm a dollar sign. Yeah, right. I'll go into a gig and they're like, We're, you know, we want to do this thing with you and, you know, um, oh, I got booked for a gig recently and I was like, oh, how, I'm so excited. Mm. alignment mm. yes this is so great and I'm like I really want to talk about mental health or I want to talk about failure or I want to talk about yoga or something and they're like no you'll be making a recipe and okay. I was like okay you need me to do and I get it it's my qualification it's my bread and butter and that's where I was like you just need me to be the nutritionist Lola you don't okay. really care too much about my passions that have because we're changing humans we're not like this carbon copy I'm going to rock on stage and make raw vegan brownies every time I go on or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Like that shit gets boring for me and I am i don't believe I'll write another re- just plain recipe book again because it's not enough for mm. me and there are plenty of other people out there doing a better job than I could do. Yeah. So I guess I sort of feel maybe I wouldn't, hmm, I don't know. I don't know whether people would choose me. Maybe it's because I haven't looked at it that way maybe i'm i'm more jaded than you no and but like, i think you... you've got more you know more um prongs you know you, oh. you 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 do so many things whereas i sort of am sport but not really that entertainment side so i sort of feel um maybe a dollar side. i do i have trouble with comparison because there's a lot of people in my position that want to do the same work okay got that's you. hard and yeah. there's not many roles where I get chosen because there's a lot of – Gian Rudy is incredible. She does some of the best work on TV. She is bloody fantastic at commentary. Um, she looks beautiful on TV. She is just – But she so is, do you. But I don't feel it, you know, so I lose a lot of gigs because you, there's so many people out there doing great things and there's not many jobs. So I sort of feel with that role – I don't know that I would look at it as a dollar sign. I know. I feel like I asked the question wrong. I get I get what you're yeah. saying. I get – so from what I'm hearing from you is like – That's such a psychologist thing today, <laughs> reframing what yeah. I said. I love it. It's you can great. tell the people they've had therapy, can't you? I'm like totally – Let me replay back what I'm hearing from you. <laughs> But what I'm saying is what I'm what I am hearing <laughs> is that um, there are, like you said, is a saturated industry. My industry is also saturated, oh, so there are a lot of people wanting very much, and and there are a lot of athletes. Like I watched um, the grand final on the weekend, the mm. AFL grand final, and like the ex the ex good footy players that are good at speaking are on the sidelines doing the commentary, and and you know it makes sense because it's your passion and you understand the sport, you understand the the way it works, mm. but. Not everyone is going to get the job of working in television and and commentary and speaking. I get I get that, but there's something you just said was like I don't feel like I am, you know. And I think when that changes, when you feel like actually I'm fucking worth this, yeah, and I do look fucking good. I am healthy. I am like also no one knows what's on the scales. When yeah. you said to me, I feel best at seventy five. Yeah, I was like, well, fuck. I don't know how far she is from that goal, but she looks great to me. <laughs> yeah. And and it does come from internal, I know that 100%, because there have been times where I've been maybe heavier and I just feel inside me it glows out. And you would know that because you go to events as well and you just feel it, right? You yeah. just and your you know energy when you're is having good. a good day. You know when you're having yeah. a good day because people are attracted to you. Yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a sexual way but just you attract people. Good vibes come out. Good vibes yeah. come out and it's internal. Yeah. So this external body and the muscles and um, you are not fat, you have fat, 
you are not That's fat. Cold, you healthy. Ha- you have fat. Yeah. You need it to survive. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you energy. So, but it doesn't matter what's sitting on the bones. It comes from inside. Oh, that's so in- introspective. Is that the word we're looking for? Yeah, yeah you I know, it's that. just. You can tell we've both done years So therapy. much therapy. <laughs> oh, dear. It'll I just, pay off, I promise. Oh, that's right. I'm studying, I'm studying psychology, so I'll just use, so all my, I'll, um, use all my sessions in training. And, yeah, but it's really interesting, all that stuff, just. Yeah, you've, you've got to feel it inside. You really do and you have to feel uh, self-love and self-worth. It's it's big stuff but you, it takes a long time. But I don't have it now. I don't feel it right now. I mm. so and I, and I can totally relate to that. Mm. I understand that but I also I know you not just as a friend but I also do know you as somebody that can speak very clearly on television and read mm. teleprompters and feel confident and has great intonation. We did a, a holiday trip to Gaia together. Um, the best. One at, oh, my God. If you so ever good. need a retreat, go to Gaia. It is the best. They were, I went recently with Matt oh. and they were, they were literally, do you remember when you were here with Lisa? <gasps> they, were, they were asking oh, I love about them you. all. Yeah. Phenomenal. But we had to film, not had to, but we filmed a bit of content for social media for our pages to kind of like thank Gaia. And I remember I was filming you and I was like, how the F has she got such good intonation and media training? Like I've never had media training Mm. I don't know. Have you had media training? Not particularly. I've just learnt as I went along. You've got this beautiful intonation. You you know you you know how to keep your name up high, and then you'll dip when you need to dip. So intonation is kind of like where you taint. It's like hey, and welcome to the show. <laughs> like it's it's almost there's a melody to the way you mm. speak. And I was like, fuck, she's made for this. <laughs> and so I think. For you, like, I believe wholeheartedly that you will end up doing something that you absolutely love, probably in media, I'd say. Yeah. Do you know when I felt amazing, though, and this is where I have done my absolute best work and I am so proud of the work I did, it was actually 2004 Commonwealth Games and I hosted with Matt White, who Mm -hmm. is the biggest legend in media and I just don't think he's on TV enough because he's just, he's so bloody good. He works with no teleprompt, no, no auto cue. Really? He writes, no, he studies for months before he goes. His, his information list is just blows my mind. And that the, on, it's on-screen chemistry, but don't read into that as yeah. it's nothing. You just get on you with each other. You just get like on. Like you and I have chemistry now. It's just Absolutely. A, it's just a respect. It is. Yeah. And some people you gel with and some people you don't and you can pick it a mile off. Yeah. But Matt White and I clicked from the minute we got on set and it, I have never, ever in my life done better work. Never. And I look back on that time and think it was a breeze. It was easy. I loved it. I was myself. I was cracking jokes, talking about really serious topics, uh, probably being borderline inappropriate for TV. For bre- <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. And I've never, and uh, I have never found work like that, that just lit me up soul. inside that yeah. I worked with fabulous people. Uh, I met one of my besties, uh, Loz, on the trip. I know Loz. Yeah, no, I lived you, with Loz. I know. And you've <laughs> known Loz longer than I have. Really? Well, yeah, you lived with her. I did. I lived long. with her. I would have been 18 when I lived with Loz. I moved in a long time ago. My boyfriend at the time was living with Loz and my name is Lauren too. And so he had a nickname for Loz, had a nickname for me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was all Yeah. Him. So you've she's known Loz and so she's become one of my great mates and we have so many mutual great mates. Uh, Steph Prem, shout out to you because oh, I've yeah. listened to your podcast already she's and it was incredible. really beautiful. She just blows my mind. Um, but, yeah, it's just you, – You've got to find work that lights you up and you don't find it often, I don't think. 
But that's the same I would say for real love and real like same. real real mates. You feel it. Like this we haven't seen each other for ages and literally oh gee, it's you, been a, probably 18 months. I know, oh which God, makes that's me sad. Terrible. But as I was walking out of the elevator, you were filming on your Insta <laughs> stories and I just looked at you and I was like, I oh. miss you so much. It was like time had just snapped us back to when we whenever we were last giggling over something brecky yep. or something. There's something I, I, as a viewer, that I consumed of you that lit me up watching you and it was, I'm a celeb, get me out of here. Oh, yes. And do you know what it is? You're going to die because I don't think we've ever spoken about this. It was early, it was like early episode and um, at the very beginning there's, you guys are like trekking or walking and someone thinks I see a snake. And you're you're like, no, 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 that's just a legless lizard. <laughs> Do you remember this? I've seen a few legless lizards in my time. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> that's, see, that's borderline. No, we're keeping it in. That will not be edited out. <laughs> so, do you, hang on, do you remember this in the show? I should have got so red. <laughs> Keep this in, please, Matt. Keep this in. Keep this in. I'm so sorry. No, amazing, amazing. <laughs> I've got so red. I it's think I'm sweating. Um, amazing, hilarious. Uh, yes, I do remember that moment. But it's just about keeping it real. It's just it's like the Aussie girl. I just don't get caught up in that stuff. And I used to. I grew up on 300 acres, so we saw yeah. red belly black snakes. Yeah. Nearly every day, carpet pythons. And my dog got bitten by a red-bellied black snake Did twice. it pass away? No, she survived. Oh. Yeah, she Because they're like super deadly venomous, aren't they? They are to dogs. Yeah, they're not, oh, wow. they're not totally venomous to humans. But, yeah, it's, um, <gasps> yeah. So I just keep, I just, you know me, you're the same. Keep just it down real. To earth, keep it real. And I tend to not get caught up in big exciting moments usually I, I wish I was one of those people that was easily excitable but there's a lot of times where I'm not you just go, I think well I think you just go with the flow and that's what I I just you just keep it so friggin real I remember I was doing a PT session with you one day so we had the same PT also not sh- not the 30 sh- for 30 sh- we did for our 30th birthday remember Dan Adair shout out to you he made us do 30 reps of 30 exercises we smashed it both might I say we both mentioned before this Dan that we miss you because you are hands down the best PT in the entire world and he's bloody moved away now we'll have to fly to LA for him yeah um but oh that sounds so luxurious I know (laughs) I've got to visit my personal trainer he lives in LA Los Angeles (laughs) Um, uh, but he, I remember you and I were training together. He's like, we're going to do a joint session today, girls. Come in together. We're going to have a bit of fun. And we are going like round for round. So we would have to do the same thing. I remember like we were doing medicine ball slams mm. and he'd given Lisa this like ginormous medicine ball and I got given this tiny one. You're doing massive box jumps. I was doing like step ups. No, like you were, you were box jumping. I can't. No, no, I can't oh. box jump. I, I think I was doing like little baby yeah, ones. That's right. You still did them. And I remember thinking... He's fucking made me go against an Olymp- an Australian <laughs> gold medalist Olympian here. I'm like, what? Is- like, I remember thinking, and you looked at me, and I was like, smashed. You were pretty. You give oh, it your all. Yes. You train hard. so hard. Yeah, I think it's. In- I've never seen someone on an airdyne like you. Like you just like because you're very strong and yeah. you're, ba- you're up above. I'm mm. presuming from breaststroke. Swimming. And swimming. Yeah. Yeah. 
just not great if you his... want to wear pretty dresses though. <laughs> still, but in a still look gym, like a bloke from so impressive. And I remember you looked at me, and I was like, I was literally in between each round. I was just like yogi breathing, like mm. literally trying to control my breath. And you looked at me, and you were like, mate. Don't worry. You were like, I feel like a T-Rex next to you. I was like, mate, are you joking? And I was like, you're well, the fittest, strongest T-Rex I've ever met because I was like, lose. And he was writing our scores up on the, do you remember, oh, on the glass. That's too, yeah. And, he, and it, Dan's rule would be like to try and smash you to the point. And I remember I'd say to him, whatever you do, I do not want to vomit, okay? You yep. can do whatever you want, but I don't want to Just don't want to throw up. Yeah. yeah. And he always, he always would get me right and never, but that was the best. And do you know what? And that's the best workout to ever do is feel like you're not working out because they were always so fun. So when we worked fun. out together, they were so much fun. Oh, and then just... we go to Proteiny after and get like yes. those healthy pancakes. They were delicious. And, oh. oh, that was the life. It yeah. was. That's when Sydney was good for me. I was not enjoying Sydney towards so the this end. This is what I say about Sydney and I love, like there will be Sydney listeners on here and I do love Sydney. I lived there for about six years. Mm. How long did you live there? Five and a half, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we were five, yeah. both there at similar times. And I, to be honest, you really took me under your wing because I say to people, Sydney has a lot more sharks than Melbourne and I don't Very mean hard. Yeah. in the sea. I yeah. mean human sharks. And there is Cronulla sharks in, in Sydney too. Oh, there's and the real Cronulla sharks. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Um, rugby? NRL. NRL. No, that's rugby, rugby, rugby league, yeah. Are they a good team, the Cronulla Sharks? They are very good, oh, yes. It's a good name, yeah. isn't it? It that, is good. Oh, well, for. I lived in Cronulla. Oh, Caring Bar, so yeah. I love but that area. But Sydney's hard. It's hard if you don't grow it's up rough. there, you don't go to school there. It's very, it's very, I just find people, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but yeah, it's just, it's very hard to get into groups there. Clicky. Very yeah. clicky. Often yeah. you get the vibe like someone wants something from me, but we're both, we both love Melbourne, but oh, also, love Melbourne. to me, Sydney still feels fun. Like I'm going there yeah. to work in a few weeks and I just love it. You I do just great enjoy. work in, in Sydney. You do fantastic. When you go to Sydney, you do great do you work. Reckon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's very kind. I think so. Melbourne is heart and soul for you, but I think Sydney is your work. Yeah, you, it feels you like you a light work up. Hub. Yeah. yeah. You, you're one of those people that feels ignited when you go to Sydney. Melbourne is that for me. When I come yeah, to Melbourne, love Melbourne, I love, I love everything about Melbourne. My So my friend came here and uh, the minute I found out he was coming here, he was working and studying, I sent him a list of about 20 restaurants that he must yeah. see. So Oh, we've done a few restaurant dates we down have, here, haven't yeah. we? So uh, Melbourne is what I know. Melbourne is, yeah. and it's very grey today. It's yes. very rainy. It's my favourite. If you're listening, you are more Melbourne than I am. Very much. I, I get a bit over Melbourne. I yes. fall in and out of love with oh. Melbourne all the time. But it's funny, now I'm kind of like very at peace and very like, oh, this is a cool place to be right now. It's quite I'm homely. I'm learning to be not attached. I think yoga has taught me this, is yes. this word in yoga. I hope I say it right. Vyakriyak. It sounds like Viagra, that's all I remember. Okay. But <laughs> it means to be non-attached. So non-attached. Yeah. And, and they say... Um, so we talk about tapas and abiyasa. So abiyasa means discipline. So you yes. would know that as an Olympian. You mm-hmm. rock up. You've got look at that plenty black, of that. Got that in spades. That black line every yeah. day. And But it's also about being disciplined but having a no attachment to the outcome. Yes. And I remember when they were teaching me, I was like, I've got to talk to Liesl about this because how the yes. F do you train not wanting a gold medal? You don't. You don't. Yeah, you it's, want the gold medal, right? It's losing the expectation around it. And when I was sort of thinking in my mind about because this is um, – fearlessly failing, failing fearlessly. I was thinking about failures and I don't know that I've ever had many. There's only a couple I can think of, but 
the only failure in inverted commas that comes from it is the expectation. I failed to meet my expectation of what I wanted to do or I failed to meet other people's expectations. It actually had nothing to do with the winning gold or it was failing to live up to expectations. But it's detaching from that, Mm. which is so hard that that gold medal is not you. It doesn't, it is not, it's not you. It's Mm. It's external from you. So, it's but like, it's, oh, that took me so long oh, to learn. Yeah. And I don't know that I've ever really done it super well, but I don't, I, I think that's really hard to do. D- detaching. Totally. They say it's, um, my therapist says to me, like, when I get caught up with, so it's intrinsic values, yes. extrinsic values. Yes. So a gold medal would be an extrinsic, extrinsic. So it would be a beautiful Ferrari car. So yep. it would be a Chanel bag. Beautiful things. Yes. Wonderful things. Can't afford them right now, but. <laughs> no, same, same. Um, but uh, but also those things don't make me happy, so. You get them, I do get a moment if I buy a bag. Ooh. I get like a little moment, but then I don't, it doesn't last. No, um, very shortly. Whereas intrinsic values are like how you feel in your heart mm. and how someone feels when they're with you and your value system and your passion. Are you doing what you love? Are you on purpose? Yeah. And what was the Dharma. Yo- Dharma. Yeah. yeah, Dharma. Is that why? So I was going to ask you, is that why she was called Dharma and Greg? Hopefully. Well, it's, it's the right just, spelling, it isn't is it? It is the right spelling. That's what I thought. I thought maybe, oh, is oh, that Dharma? Look that look up. It up. It was, she was really yogi, wasn't she? Yeah, she, she super was, was. Super, yeah. There's been a revamp of that show too. Oh, has there? I think, hmm. oh, maybe there was. I don't know. I got it. I just got mixed up for two seconds in my head with Will and Grace. I don't know oh, why I'm Will speaking Grace, my voice. Similar, same time, same, same time, same era. Um, quickly, because I mean, fuck, we've already we could got talk all era. day. I do want you to just touch on because I still, I think it is still so poignant for now. Bullying, mm. and I know you copped it, and I know a few people meant to be your, I guess we could call them colleagues. Mm. People yeah. didn't have your back that should have had your back. Um, but you don't need to talk about specifics, but I mean like bu- being bullied and yeah. being in a toxic environment, people go through that all the time in All life. the time. And it's really funny. I was never, through school, I sailed through school. Mm. I was not popular. I was not unpopular. I just sort of sailed through. So I never had experienced anything like this. But when I came across one person that I had to be on the same team as them, just I have never dealt with someone like that before in the way that, um, and I won't mention their name, mm-hmm. but I have, I've never dealt with someone with those values that are very different to mine, that butt up against mine, that are just very different. And that's okay, but it's taken me a long time to see that. Yeah. That the values were just very different. We just didn't align, didn't gel. And I have a lot of forgiveness for that time because I think it came from a lot of pain. And this is what we we're talking about yeah. earlier in the podcast. I see someone who is in a lot of pain that was struggling with a lot of, whether it be insecurity or self-worth, I'm not making judgments. That's for them to make up for themselves to work through themselves, but it's, I see someone in pain. And so originally when this happened to me, I took that really personally and thought it was a personal attack against me. This person didn't like me. This person liked nothing about me and would, and would target me and use things against me. But Can now. you give like a little example of something um, you said? Oh, it might be little things. Now this sounds really insignificant now when I say it, but uh, when I was training, it would be things like, "Oh, why does she get to go out, get out so early? You know, she's always complaining this and that." I thought, well, because I've been around for twelve years, I've been doing this for a very long time, yeah. and I don't You've train to that. Stripes. I've earned my stripes. Yeah. 
just little things or little picky, picky things or little narky things about the way I looked or the way I dressed or, or just what? just behind my back yeah. and it just it just grated me and I confronted it head on I said look what is your problem with me yeah. please if you have a problem with me just tell me yeah it just and if let's you sort it let's sort it and just couldn't couldn't it couldn't front it in that situation so I just see a hurt person who was coming from a really insecure place projecting onto me just almost projectile vomiting all the things that they didn't like about themselves and and was putting it on me so this is all my therapy coming out but a lot of people are going through this stuff they might work with someone like that it might be their partner it might be romantic partner it might be it's just yeah narcissism in many different forms and facets so but when we come from a place of hurt that stuff is not pretty and we project it onto other people and it's not nice. So I come from a place of forgiveness, never, you don't have to apologise to me, I'm not interested. I just see see it for what it truly is. So, but that takes a lot of work because at the time it hurts. Oh, and you don't have that. so much. You've now got the perspective to understand, oh, you're saying something mean to me, something you're probably going through shit. Yeah. But at the time you would have been like, what's your problem? hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the most, I think, pain I felt from someone who, another female that, I felt should have had my back is probably use things against me, um, personal things against me that I might have offered in forming a friendship yeah. and that's been used against me. So it's it hurts. It really does. And I didn't realise it at the time. I just became really defensive and, you know, angry and uh, felt sorry for myself. But, but that's uh, a natural reaction. Totally, yeah. This is, this is like unpacking. But I, I think what's so cool is that you've said like bullying Effing sucks. And it hurts. Yeah. It really hurts mm. because you you have then become a target for their murky, dark Shit. energy yeah. and they're just spewing it on you and you just happen to be the target for it. So I just don't know that you can take that personally. At the time you do take it personally. Totally. And, yeah, but after a few years you gain perspective and I just, I, I never say, I, I try not to say anything bad about that person because I just, I don't think you fight fire with fire. It's not worth it. No. Nah. It's just, you've got to grow and your spiritual growth is, it, the journey's different for everyone. Everyone's at different levels with their spiritual growth. And if you're just vibing on a different level, just let it be. And I think what you've said that's so empowering is like, if it does hurt, like it def- definitely does hurt, but don't be afraid to, Get the help. Like get a therapist so you can process that, so you can unpack that. And or acknowledge that it hurts. Yes, and feel it. Feel yeah. it. Feel every moment. And this is where a lot of people, myself included in the past, have might have used wine or some people use drugs or whatever it is to oh, dull. I use a whole family block of marvellous grape and chocolate. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it day. does. It does. <laughs> yes, it, and it does. It works temporarily. But yeah. It's about self-love and self-care and reminding yourself who you are as a person, that you are worthy and you are a good person. As long as you're doing the right things, you're not hurting anyone else in the process, you've got to come back to that. So. Totally. Oh, my Big God, talks. I could talk to you for I know. so long. I we went deep. We went real deep. I, I can't thank you enough. Oh, I, thanks, um, Chicken. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Chicken. Oh. I think you've been very honest about your failures and you've obviously gone deep but also like, You've just been like fucking real and your your stuff is 
going to, one, empower and help others mm. to just know that it's okay to feel shit every now yeah. and then. And you don't have to wallow in it. No. You can talk to someone else. They're not going to judge you. You can no. work through it. You can work through anything. And in your deepest, darkest moments and your lowest times, dig deep, find what you've got there. You will learn so much more about yourself. It is a real privilege to go to the bottom of the deep, dark hole to see what's down there and you'll realise it's not that scary. You've just got to face it front on. But the nicest thing, and you just said it then, being real. It's the big thing. Honesty is a big thing for me. I, th- I wish more people were honest about their journeys and showing the shit stuff and it would be so nice because we'd all feel a bit more normal and just thinking, oh, yeah, we're all normal. We're all doing the same st- stuff. We've all got our own issues. We've Everyone's got sorting their shit out. Of course they are. And some are just a little bit more public than others and their shit don't stink any different. Yeah. It still stinks. <laughs> And we're all full of shit. We're all full of our own shit. Well, we're all working through and navigating this weird thing called life. Yeah. And don't judge other people's journey. No. Don't judge your own journey. No. Don't judge it. Just live it. And I think own who you are. Oh, that's a big one. Like, uh, like be honest with yourself. Yeah. And, and it, there's something so freeing about mm. being really honest as well. Like even for me, my stuff is food. I get triggered by food. Like if I'm feeling stressed out, I'm like, I either go one way or yep. the other. Emotional eating. Yeah. Totally. And I um I had an event. Actually I had I had something coming up with Steph. Steph's taking me away for the Steph Premier is taking me away for the hot springs and I know I've got to shoot straight after it. And I said to her, she's like, let's go to a big lunch and we're gonna go and um go to the hot springs. And I was like, dude, I know what I'm like two days out of a shoot. I'm uh, gonna be scared. And yeah. I said can I um, organise a juice cleanse and I'll organise one for you if you want to? But I said, I just, if, I, it makes if you I'm feel not good. prepping my food yep. and knowing what I'm eating and I'm eating out, I said, that's a slippery slope for me. Mm-hmm. And I've never had the balls to say, hey, I'll be funny about food the lead up to a shoot. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, no worries. Let's have a really healthy day and drink green juices. See, when you're honest, when you're open and real and. You are so real, chicken. Probably and to my detriment. No, sometimes. never. <laughs> and. I just hope that you can see yourself through my eyes sometimes when you're like lose a deal or something doesn't go right or something feels icky because I can see the magic in you mm. and I totally believe in you and I yeah. know that even when you feel like that thing didn't work out or someone else or you're comparing someone else got a great gig and you're like, oh, I would have loved that gig. Mm. You are totally going to be, you, you are totally going to make it yeah. in, in whatever way that looks like. Yeah. I don't question that for one single second. You yeah. are the real deal. And, and you know what? I think we also, I know we're wrapping up here, but this is probably one thing to leave it on. Yeah. We No one ever has it figured out. There is no, there's no line that we cross at the end of life and they go, oh, we've crossed the line. No. There is no line. No. The, the day you die is the end of the line, but you don't, you're not going to cross it 30 years earlier and say, I've crossed the line now. No, but do you know <laughs> what you have experienced and shared today where yeah. you felt lit up when mm. you did 2004 Commonwealth Games? 2014, um, yeah. 14, sorry, mm. I'm so, going back too so far. You've gone a long way. I was not, not a good person you were in, in the 2004. Pool then, right? Yeah, I was, not, I was not a wholesome being in 2004. But you talked about an experience where you were lit up mm. and you can identify with that and yeah. remember how that feels in your heart mm. in how you would have felt during the day and mm. what you were doing in the lead up. And I bet like it's those moments I know when I'm filming or I'm doing a podcast, like I can mm. feel it in my heart. Your heart glows. And even like doing acting school, like people are like, what? You th-? And I'm the, in acting school, I'm the oldest person by 10 years. 
And I said to my therapist, I was like, fuck, I'm the oldest person by 10 years. If he said you were 30, a 24 in the class, who cares? He goes, that's <laughs> he goes, that's your superpower. He goes, yeah. you know who you are now. Yeah. Like you're, he goes, this is a good, he's like, there's not a bad time to come into this career. And uh, I said, Helen Mirren, yeah. one of the most beautiful, <laughs> most amazing women oh, on screen. So many. Unbelievable. Someone said, you say, so is it Jackie much. Weaver? Oh, um, yes. No, she was amazing. In her 60s. And Incredible. Banging. They're, so, they're, they're, they're great. You know, I just look up to those people and think, oh, you're so beautiful. Yeah. I actually think, and I, I heard you say this on another podcast, in the scheme of things we're still very young. So young. Of and, course. You know, and I think we're hard on ourselves. I think the Virgo, the pressure, all of that. But mm. thank you for opening your heart. Thank you for being thank you real. For having me. I cannot wait to see what's next for you because I know Epic shit is coming your way. I'm sitting in a bit of a hole at the moment, but yes, I, it, you know, I have, I do have faith and trust. Something is coming. And also, rock bottom or a hole. Mm-hmm. It, uh, someone once said to me, "You've got two choices. Mm. You get to stay there, mm. or you get to change." Yeah. How cool is I'm that? I'm growing. I'm definitely. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going through big growth at the moment. Yeah. Big stuff. So same. Yeah. I love that. That's though. exciting. Chicken. I think you're friggin' amazing. Oh. And I cannot wait to see your star keep it shining. It's been an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast and share my story. And I'm so glad you had me on. Yes. Thank Let's you, go thank on you, to do bigger you. and better things. Chicken. Absolutely. Big love. Big love. <laughs> Sorry, I took your sign off. <laughs> I love it. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lola Berry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.